Welcome, everybody, to another edition of Ask a CEO. I'm Greg Demetrio, your host for today. And today we have Bob Lachance, who's a serial entrepreneur. He started and run two very successful real estate coaching programs, the two technology companies, even in a used appliance company, which is a little out of the order. Okay, I got to hear about that. Bob's completed over 800 real estate deals. And in 2014, he created his present company, Riva Global, and it's a global staffing company providing virtual assistance. Bob, that's quite a, po quite a pedigree for somebody who played professional hockey, really. <laughs> yeah. I, I love transitions. I love transformations. I was a New York City detective, and now here I am running a top-shelf integrated marketing company in New York and on a video podcast. Really, this is amazing, right? And you went from hockey to real estate millionaire, entrepreneur, trainer, educator, deal maker, and now you're on a staffing company. You got to tell me how that happened. <laughs> it definitely wasn't easy. I mean, you know, obviously, you know, jumping from um, what we did in our past to starting our own business and becoming CEOs, it's definitely not easy. And that's one of the things that, um, you know, I talked to a lot of my friends that actually are running companies as well. Um, it takes time and it takes long-term vision and it takes working with people, et cetera. So it's not easy, but I'll take a, I'll take a quick step back. Um, you know, I played professional hockey for eight years, four years here in the US, four years in Europe. Um, and when I had to make my first transition to um, being a professional hockey player to everyday life and starting your own company, um, I didn't know what I was gonna do. So before I actually was, was making that transition, I started reading a lot of books. And I know you're an avid reader um, as well. So that's something that I think that is very, very important to start learning different industries and. Uh, on, on you know what happens in this industry this industry um, I specifically chose real estate because my father was a contractor growing up um, he went through some tough times you know back in the late 80s when uh, recession hit in the late 80s and, and yeah, yeah the, the sky fell and at that time interest rates were you know really really high compared to what they are today um, but just seeing through that lens um, I saw the, the, the interesting times that he went through to, to dig out of it as well. Um, and I chose real estate because of his contracting background. And just, I understood at that time conceptually what, what that was. So it was interesting for me to make the step from hockey to, to jumping into real estate. That was a little bit of what I saw growing up. So that's the reason why I chose that background. You, you let me know how deep you want me to get. No, you, just keep, you just keep talking, time is yours. All right, perfect. So, um, you know, for me personally, when I made that decision to do that, um, there was one other choice and the reason why I did it as well. Um, I left school early. So my last year, uh, when I went to Boston University, I was on a four-year scholarship and I left uh, two classes, two core <laughs> classes early. So my choice was either I had to go back to school and go back to a semester. So I would have to go back. I live in Connecticut and to drive up to Boston, I would have to go to Boston University to get a degree from their school. Right. Nothing was online and I had to take those classes. So I decided, you know what? If I go back to school, I would always have a fallback position. And I never ever, for me personally, I know not everyone thinks like I do in reference to that. But if I had a fallback position, I would would have probably, when times got tough, I would have gone back to that degree and, and found someone to hire me and jumped into that side of it. So for me, but what you did was what you did was take out your safety net. I did hundred percent. And I think that is, 
you know, with a lot of CEOs and a lot of entrepreneurs out there, um, having a safety net is something that you, know, you don't jump in with two feet in business. You'll always have one foot out the door, not two feet in, you'll have one foot out. And, and I, always liked, I always like to say that when I started this business, failure was not an option. I was scared out of my face. It had to work and I had to put a thousand percent into it. So if you have a safety net, well, okay, fine. If it doesn't work, I'll do this. That, that yeah, doesn't exactly. work in business sometimes. And this is back in 2004, right? We're, we're in 2020 right now and I own a staffing company. I never ever would have thought that I would own a virtual staffing company with a business here and in the Philippines. It's a global, it's, it's out of my wildest dreams, coming from a hockey, literally living in a, a hockey locker room. And wow. you know, yeah. it's not, a, not a, a knock on on hockey at all, but when I'm in a hockey locker room with other hockey players, they're not thinking about business. I wasn't thinking about business, right? It's just, no. you are so focused on, you know, trying to make, trying to win a championship every single year. and. The I mean, transition. It's so different. It's just so yeah. different. It's night and day. I mean, you're, you're out there playing a very physical sport and then you're thinking about business in the back of your head. I don't know how yeah. the two sides of your brain work, but that was a pretty, <laughs> pretty cool accomplishment. So listen, so all businesses have a start. They have a maturing process. And with hard work and a little luck, they establish a profitable, durable organization. Tell me what that progression was like for you. You know what, um, the progression actually started when I, when I decided to jump into real estate because what I do now is the making of what I started at the beginning. And it's the people that you meet along the way and the relationships that you make really mold what you do today. Um, and so the steps that I took, I, I met a mentor right when I started in real estate. Um, he guided me in the right direction. Um, I then started a real estate, edu my first real estate education coaching program with my mentor. He was an incredible, incredible mentor. Still a good buddy of mine today. We actually run a, a podcast on Fridays called the Friday Coffee Break every Friday that we do live at 10 a.m. Mm -hmm. um, every Friday. And he actually taught me, number one, you have to be good to people. Number two, never burn a bridge. And number three, never play in the gray area because if you play in that gray area, once you step over, step over the line, it's, it's going to become easy to do the bad things in business. And that is one takeaway that I do yeah. want to make sure that everybody listening, please don't play in that area, man, because it gets too easy to go the other side. The um, hole gets very deep. The hole gets it, very deep once you start to dig it. You're absolutely it correct. And trust trust is, the, is the commodity that you have to sell first above everything else. So that's really, 100%. really, really, really good thinking on your part. And I think that, 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 that takes most entrepreneurs a much further way than those guys yeah. who want to, you know, dick around the edges, you know, that's 100%. not good. Never, never, never good, never good. Yep. Never good. So you created a resource for real estate practitioners and others uh, that frees up their time so they can focus on what's important, making deals and making money. How do you get that to happen? <laughs> it's actually funny. Um, I've always been, even when I played professional sports, I was always a guy who, who didn't care if I scored the goal, but I would set people up for the goal. So for me, it, I've always been service oriented. I've always been, always looked at how can I help somebody win, right? It, for me, it's always team. It's, you're only as good as your team is. I don't care if you're the best player in the world, you still need a team to help win. Same thing within business. So I was always looking for a service or a product to help create for 
are coaching students and the individuals and entrepreneurs that I worked with every single day. So uh, 2013, I got introduced to uh, what a virtual assistant was. And a virtual assistant was someone that could help take tasks off of your plate. So with the training background and the real estate education background, I figured, why don't I marry the two? So I took all of the training platform that I helped create. I put it together with virtual assistants in another country and made a affordable resource for real estate professionals here today. So um, I know for me personally here in Connecticut, I know you're in New York, uh, for me to hire someone with a four year college degree, it's going to cost me about $50,000 a year. And that's most of the time minimal, right? At least. Yeah. At least at that least. much, especially in our, especially in our region. Yep. So I picked the Philippines because um, they have four year college degrees and it's very affordable for me to use that resource and bring it over here to the United States. And they're incredible, incredible workers. Uh, the capacity is very, very high. So what, what qualifies somebody to be a virtual assistant? Uh, well, that's so a lot of us look at virtual assistants in different countries as call center, right? And that's a huge industry. Call center industry in the Philippines is the top industry that they have. So what we created is a work from home environment within the call center industry. So we are ahead of our times when it comes to COVID right now. People are scrambling, right, yep. trying to work from home. Um, I started that back in 2014. Um, so again, we're ahead of the curve. So our transition now is we don't have to transition because that's just You've the already way done it. You've already done it. You've already been working virtually all along. So yep. what does a customer profile look like? And, and when did you find um, how to reach out to them? Once you identified your business model and who, who, your, who your customers might be, how did you reach out to them? Yep, very good question. So our customer profile is real estate professionals. So whether you're a real estate agency, whether you're a real estate agent, um, a real estate investor that invests in properties, whether it's wholesaling, rehabbing, buying holds, or if you're a property manager, right? So they, they encompass, those are the tasks that we train on. So once we identified that, um, I tested it for two years to make sure it was proof of concept and, and, and it was an industry that um, clients wanted. Right when we did that, um, that's when we started marketing. So our marketing channels are jumping on podcasts like this, um, being part of masterminds, um, running our own podcast, if you will. We have, Mark and I do a lot of speaking um, and, um, in a lot of different groups, if you will, uh, mastermind groups, online groups within Facebook. So we do Facebook marketing, LinkedIn marketing, masterminds, a lot of before obviously the pandemic hit, I was flying around to different um, organizations and speaking and teaching and training. So yeah, was, you, you just covered my next question. If you had a marketing plan, <laughs> obviously you did. So yeah. just, I, I like to ask the, the, the CEOs this question and I try to get them to drill down a little bit. So what is one of the foundational skills or characteristics that you need to be a successful leader? You know, I think um, we all have to look at the actions that we take. Um, and if you're looking for people to follow you, you need to make sure that you are number one, someone that people would follow. Do you have ethics? Do you have integrity? Do you do the right thing? When there are challenges that happen, how do you react? Do you take a step back? Because we all know when emotions are high, intelligence are low. Do you show your true colors, right? When things are Are you talking, are you talking about me? 
<laughs> you know, we are all, I'm telling you, we're all the same. We just have to really, it's how somebody reacts yes. to big challenges because as CEOs, you are going to run into challenges. It's part of our game. I mean, if you really look at it, um, once you hit a certain level, people are attacking you all the time. It's really part of the game. Think about this. If you have a client that now is a big part of your business and if someone from your organization leaves, it happens all the time in the insurance world. I have a very good buddy that's high up, just left one company. As soon as his uh, non-compete is done, guess what? They're going after those clients and they're taking them in. It's part of how this works. So what do we do as CEOs to create loyalty within our organization? It's, that's, uh, we're talking yeah. a little bit about this offline. That's yeah. the gold right there. That is, you know, we've had, we've had people come and go and, you know, in this business, the creative side of it thinks that they're always looking for a different place to, to exercise their creativity. So how do I do that? I try to make a, a culture here that I wrap my arms around them and I make them feel wanted and loved and appreciated and all that good stuff. But the bottom line is, is some of them are going to leave. Some of them you're going to have to ask to leave. And it's just a changing environment. And sometimes you lose the really important ones that you never thought you'd lose. And those are the ones that rock your socks a little bit. That's exactly right. And good. But one of the important things is I think we have to be okay with it, right? We can't, and, and, and I think, and this is something I've learned, you know, for being in business for oh, a long time, since 2004, is we have to train up. If they leave, be happy with them if they leave. Because if, if we have a, a, a fixed mindset and we don't say, all right, um, you know, if there is a better role for them somewhere else, we have to be okay with it. We have to be happy with it. Because if you really hold on that tight, you as us as entrepreneurs, us as CEOs, we will never grow. And if you're not happy yeah. for someone, it's not a good way to, to, to live life. And if you talked about a leaving, that's only going to last for a little while because they really wanted to leave anyhow. So you're better off wishing them well. Tell them, listen, don't lose the phone number in case you need to come back. We'll talk mm -hmm. to you. Things like that. And I think that it's a better way to go. I mean, you just have to be a human who, who, who appreciates people. And I think that I know in my business, I'm a very gregarious guy. I like to go around. This, this COVID thing drove me nuts because I wasn't with my people, right? But I, I, that's what you have to do to you operate the way you would operate at home. And you're better off, right? Yeah, exactly. And, and one of the things that I, I do want to highlight is never burn a bridge, no matter what it is, right? It's it, if you lose a client, don't burn a bridge with that client because they may come back. You know, you may be stung a little bit. Something might, you know, go wrong or or how it happened. Never burn a bridge because there's there's a lot of relationships that I look back ten years ago now are benefiting me because you know maybe things didn't work out 10 years ago but it's how i reacted and this 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 is advice i got i got very lucky from my first mentor that i had he gave me that advice when i started and it's you know, 15 years later you're doing <laughs> my interview years. for me because that was my very next question what was the best <laughs> I'm ahead you you <laughs> you're pretty good at this <laughs> See, these are really fun for me because I think there's a lot of takeaways for all of us because being a CEO is a lonely job sometimes. It can um, be. It can be. You know, be, and, and the reason is, is because the stuff that you experience and I experience that everyone listening to this call experiences something different because when you look at your business, you know, you have your marketing channels here that brings in business. Well, what happens if one marketing channel doesn't work? 
who do you call to talk to to say, hey, mm-hmm. what are some ideas we could bounce back, you know, back and forth True. with each other? True. And those True. are really, really important. Maybe it's a staffing question. Maybe it's a, a question about operations, accounting, taxes, whatever that is. There always needs to be someone that you need to associate yourself with, just like yourself, um, to bounce stuff off. Well, several years ago, we established an advisory board uh, for the company because I needed somebody to hold me to task. I needed somebody to hold my feet to the fire and say, Greg, did you get that done? Otherwise, you're not a lollygag and I'll get done when it gets done. And you, just, <laughs> you get busy doing the business of the business and you don't take care of the strategy part. Mm-hmm. So yeah, that's very, very, very important to have people in your network that are you trust and you can bounce things off of. So Bob, I know that you know we're going on pretty long here, but that's okay because I love these types of conversations. So our audience is a mix of CEOs and those people striving to get to the corner office. What advice would you give them in terms of being leaders in their companies today? Um, like I said before, I think loyalty is, is very important, but I think it's stick by your word. So if you're going to set a vision for your team, make sure that vision is very clear because what I see happen sometimes is the vision is cloudy and it's very hard to follow somebody with a cloudy vision mm-hmm. because you know people will now look at you as somebody who is you know not clear on what they actually want and it's very difficult it's kind of i bring this back to professional sports when i played sports when your coach has a clear vision on what he wants whether it's a system whether it's winning a championship whether it's putting the pieces together right it's easier to follow that coach and believe in him. So it's the same thing as being a CEO. When you set a clear vision and where you want to go and what path you want to go, it's easy to have your teammates and team members follow you. I agree. I agree. We had a, we had a major business uh, initiative several years ago. And I remember bringing the entire company together to explain to them what I saw and where we were going. And I tell you what, it made all the difference in the world because I got a hundred percent buy-in and everybody was pulling with the same set of oars in the same direction. Wonderful, wonderful way to go about Greg, it. Greg, let me just add to that for two seconds. And one of the things, you, you nailed it though, and one of the things that I've made mistakes on, and I know a lot of us, it's also communication. Sometimes we don't think that we need to tell our team certain things, and come. we have to make sure that we're very transparent and communicate what that looks like in a very good manner. And I've, I've been at fault at that too. Absolutely, yeah, well, we, we learn as we go, right? You know, yeah. you wonder, well, if I tell them this, are they going to get worried? They're going to get nervous. What is, if, if things are getting tough, you got to be honest with them because they have yeah. lives and you're responsible for them to a certain extent for their livelihood. They look to you to run a good business so they can be assured there'll be a paycheck next week. 100%. And in today's world, that's a very difficult thing to do. Yeah. And if CEOs are, are not too scared right now, then they're brain dead. <laughs> that's right. So listen, all right, Bob, I appreciate it very, very much, but I'd like you to tell the audience how they can get in touch with you and, and, and uh, just uh, let them know what you can do. Absolutely. So you could uh, reach out to me. I'll give you my direct email address, but our website is www.revaglobal.com. That's R-E-V-A global.com. You can email me direct, uh, Bob at revaglobal.com as well. We also have a medical division too, as that we launched with that my wife runs um, with insurance verifications, et cetera. Very nice. Very good. Bob, I thank you so much for coming on the show. I hope you'll come back at another time when you invent another company. (laughs) Thanks for having me. Really appreciate it. Okay. Thank you. 